Welcome to the War is Everything podcast, where we share scripture, discuss the Christian metal scene and music, and help promote lesser-known bands. I'm Zachariah. And I'm Hunter. And we are your hosts. All right, so today we're going to start off with the Nicene Creed. If you don't know what that is, you're about to know. I believe in one God, the Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, and of all things visible and invisible. And in one Lord Jesus Christ, the only begotten Son of God, begotten of his Father before all worlds, God of gods, light of light, very God of very God, begotten, not made, being of one substance with the Father, by whom all things were made, who for us men and for our salvation came down from heaven and was incarnate by the Holy Spirit of the Virgin Mary and was made man and was crucified also for us under Pontius Pilate. He suffered and was buried. And the third day he rose again, according to the scriptures, and ascended into heaven and sits at the right hand of the Father. And he will come again with glory to judge both the living and the dead, whose kingdom will have no end. And I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Lord and giver of life, who proceeds from the Father and the Son, who with the Father and the Son together is worshipped and glorified, who spoke by the prophets. And I believe in one holy Christian and apostolic church. I acknowledge one baptism for the remission of sins, and I look for the resurrection of the dead in the life of the world to come. Amen. It was hard not saying that along with you. I mean, yeah, you've memorized it, though. It is what it is. I'm still working on it. I'm not. It's because you don't believe in creeds. <laughs> we just established that before we started recording. <laughs> I'm going to get attacked in this episode. It's oh, going to be my are. turn instead of Hunter. <laughs> so when, I kind of had the Kiebler idea to bring this up. When believes in creeds, that's the hard part. Yeah. I, in fact, my favorite band is Creed. So <laughs> I'm just kidding. <laughs> no. All right. End call right yep. now. <laughs> With arms wide open. <laughs> Okay, I thought I that is the first time someone other than you or I have done the intro. That's true. He's like well, it's the first time for everything. Just say he suggested it, so he gets stuck with it. So yeah, so I picked. I was on my way to work the other day, and I was thinking a lot of people in the metal scene come to Christ, and we all get kind of lost, or or we uh, unless you grew up in it, you know, like I did, and then ran away and came back. But I see a lot of people that don't exactly know what it means to say I'm a Christian. And I think the Nicene Creed uh, is a very important document um, to at least agree with, um, to have a decent understanding of what the heck it means to be a Christian in a little bit more elaborate terms than I believe in Jesus. Because as we know today, there are many different Jesuses. So is it the Christ or is it a cultural Jesus? And so I wanted to bring up the Nicene Creed to say, hey, this is actually what we believe according to Scripture according not just to man's tradition but god's plan in the earth and through the scriptures that he wrote himself what say you hunter zachariah go ahead okay hunter and i kind of had this conversation earlier mm-hmm. so first off everything that you just read i 100 percent agree with great okay but i'm good. not okay. going to sit here and argue that anything you said is untruthful Okay. Now here is my the backhand. Right. My concern. Okay. Something that uh, I a phrase I grew up hearing was, "What is the pattern of the New Testament church when it comes to how we act, behave, gather as Christians?" 
it would I was always the question was always asked what is the pattern of the New Testament church how did they gather together how did they yeah. worship how did they pray you know once Jesus left them yeah and obviously no one was sitting around reciting creeds together okay now well no right right obviously this was written long past that but my concern is this I have been to churches as a a visitor or, you know, I've been in Catholic churches. I've been in Lutheran churches. I've been in any denomination of church that you would, you know, reasonably think of outside of those that preach just complete and utter heresy 24 seven. But, you know, that's for a different time. Um, And anytime a Catholic or a Lutheran church stands up and let's recite this creed together or whatever it is, it always makes me sit and feel this feels slightly cultish, you know, we're all going to stand and say this creed in unison now, you know, mm-hmm. kind of thing. And every time I I see something like that, I go, this makes me feel weird as someone who's grown mm-hmm. up in church, who, you know, understands everything that's being said mm-hmm. and agrees with what's being said. But mm-hmm. the format that it's being done in. Picture a young believer who did not grow mm-hmm. up in church, not a young person, but a, a young believer. Who did not grow up in church, who I think nine times out of ten or probably more often than that, if you were to ask the average person, are are cults good? You know, they'd be like, uh, no, cultish things are scary and weird. You know, let's not get into cults. But the somewhat cult-like atmosphere that is created through reciting of creeds, I can see young believers sitting in there. And if it makes me feel a little bit weird... Mm it would make them feel a little bit weird. And so it, it's one of those things that to me, I'm like, maybe not a such a great idea to all let's recite this creed together kind of thing, because it could end up, even though it's well-intentioned, it could end up tripping up a, a young believer and leaving sure, them and there with is, that. And there is scripture about that. I think my response to you would be, because I grew up never reciting this. Obviously, I believe every single thing written in this so the point to bring this up wasn't to say hey let's challenge zach's preference and make (laughs) him feel weird um or or hey let's uh go back to traditional orthodoxy but to bring this up and i agree with what you're saying in in a way of like cultiness because like the church that i go to now does a call to worship um verse where they just read a verse and everybody reads it with them i find it super weird but scripture tells us when you read the scripture read it aloud and in public Right. So it's like we can read the scriptures a lot. I think it's okay, but my challenges are my my preferences are challenged. I'm like, God, it's weird seeing everybody go, Agnes Day Domine, smacking themselves in the face with a board. I mean, it's not going <laughs> that far yet, but yeah. um, I think every Christian should at least know this. Yeah. In in part because it's really like, okay, what is the gospel? That's technically the gospel. Technically mm-hmm. speaking, it's like it it encompasses like, okay, we believe in Jesus and we believe in the triune God the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. We believe in his resurrection and death for our sins and nothing else and nothing short. So I think maybe um, I don't, I wouldn't like to burn the incense and everybody chant in monotone the, the creed, but if that's something that a church wants to do, by all means. But it may not be the place that I take a new believer to. You know what I mean? Right. Um, and Because we are in a different culture. So, I mean, we kind of have to play a little bit on those roles. Like, Except, except if you're Britain. I love my English friends, but your food is so bland. 
Change it, please. <laughs> do something different. Beans on toast, dude. It's the best thing possible. Beans on toast. That's the king's meal. It's oh, called man. beans on toast. <laughs> See, like what I had said to Hunter earlier is that like, is standing up and reciting the creeds together in church sinful? No. No. Is it anti-biblical? No. no. Is it something that's not directly supported in scripture? Yeah. It's not, the scripture doesn't tell us to do or not to do it. You know, it's clearly mm-hmm. not sin because the Bible would hasn't condemned it as such. Sure. But so in the cases when things are questionable, like is it obviously it's not sin, but is it is it helpful? You know, is it is right. it going to be something that's good? And so I think that's the, the the question is I can understand one side that it is good that all Christians should know what this says. Mm. You know, because we should all know what what we truly believe. And like, right. to be fair, I've heard the Nicene Creed here and there in my life. I've never taken the time to memorize it. No one's ever pushed me to try to memorize Neither it. But everything that you just read, if you asked me, that's what I believe. And that's what I would tell you because I am right. someone who has practiced my sure. uh, gospel presentation because I was told at a very young age that the average person has just under two minutes to give the gospel as a presentation right. before someone is ready to move on. So I was right. always taught, okay, learn how to do your gospel presentation in a minute and a half. So like that's right. what I have practiced mm-hmm. growing up. So, mm-hmm. you know, is the question I would have is, is there a better way to teach this to the congregants than to have everyone stand up and do it together? You know, I mean, because... maybe why don't you just teach your congregation about it? You know, I mean, I, I think if the issue isn't necessarily standing up and reading it together, um, if, if that's a more tertiary issue, then we need to look at like, OK, should, we should be teaching this in general and teaching why they had to come together and talk about it anyway, because that's the important part. It was a bunch of guys, uh, theologians and different Christians from different authorities and different churches that came together and argued and in fact, the original Saint Nick actually showed up and walloped somebody in the face for saying that that God was a he operated out of different modes and he wasn't three in one. Mm-hmm. So like Santa Claus was dope. <laughs> dude straight up socked the dude. I don't know, was that who did he hit? Do you remember? Was it Aquinas or something? I don't know. Uh, Ignatius? I don't know. It's been a while. Now hunters. Mm-hmm. But it, I'll look it up. But yeah, it was Nicholas of Myra. He's the one yeah. who uh Anyway, so basically, like, I think if we're going to stay on the issue of is it is there a different way to do, to teach this or is it right or is it wrong, uh, may be a wasted breath. Because um, the only thing I will say with that is if that tradition gets in the way and stifles the Holy Spirit or detests prophecy in any way, then you're in the wrong. If it gets in the way, because Jesus himself says you put you go against the word of God by your traditions, mm-hmm. by your festivals and your celebrations. So I think it can just like everything else, like being in the pulpit can turn into a very, very bad thing if you have the wrong heart. Right. And if you want to do a traditional Orthodox service, sure. But I don't think you could get away with having a bunch of college students at UCLA who have a Christian club to stand up and recite the Nicene Creed together. That's I mean, you might be able to get them to like, I don't know, a text in line. Things are different. See, one question I have about it, too, is so um, the church that I've most recently been to that does any reciting of creeds would be Hunter's Church, because I I assume it's every Sunday. The last 
couple times I've been there, they all stood yeah. up and received most, the... Most weekends we do, sometimes it's a psalm, sometimes it's a, an epistle. It really depends, and it's different between traditional and our contemporary service, so... But uh, they all stood up and recited the Apostles' Creed. Sure. Which I disagree with on one point, but we're not going to get deep into that because we don't have time to get <laughs> for me to go on on that. Um, but my... So you look around as if people are reciting this creed and it's just like, it means nothing to them at that point because they've sat there and recited that so many times that sure it means nothing anymore. Sure. It has no meaning. It's something that you memorized and just And that's recite, largely recite. possible. Just like most Christians who show up to church on a Sunday, sit through worship on their phone and go home and beat their wife, right? I mean, or watch porn or whatever else. So anything, you can become desensitized to anything. Now, on the contrary, we don't stop doing worship services simply because people don't care or lose focus or, or whatever it is. You know what I mean? Like, that's just, maybe that's not the best thought through challenge. And not to say that folks who are listening, us Christians, we don't go home and beat our wives. But the point is that people go home and sin yep. deeply and they forget. Like, what does James say? Is, is it in James where it says, like, the man who looked in the mirror, and then when yep. he walked away, he forgot his appearance? Mm -hmm. uh, I think that's chapter two. Chapter two. Two? Yep. Yeah. So it's like it's like that. So what do you have to say, you lazy Catholic? I know oh, you're geez. itching. <laughs> uh, honestly, Dude, I, I always got to get you, bro. <laughs> I, I've been I'm trying to be quiet on this one because I know that it's one that I feel more strongly the opposite direction of Zach, than Zachariah about... So it's opposites, but I feel more strongly in my direction than he feels in his. Sure. Um, and it's not, not I'm not like, uh, I'm not like a creed thumper to make it sound weird. I guess, like I'm not saying you need a creed in order to be a real Christian or whatever else. But I also challenge anybody who does the no creed but Christ and like that is a creed, you idiot. Like, right, right. That's yeah. it. Doesn't make any sense. Just know know what you believe. That's what I, my important mm -hmm. uh, statement is. And I think the Nicene Creed. Granted, there there is, uh, there's the stuff about the Apostles' Creed that cause issues. The Nicene Creed, I don't believe to ha hold mm. the same because the Nicene Creed is very specifically, like you said, the gospel, but it's also a uh, a presentation of what the true uh, tri uh, triune God. Uh, can I guess can best be described as in human mm -hmm. words without yeah. getting even close to being heretical because you know one word away and you accidentally are a modalist um right yeah you don't want to actually be a modalist and that's why they use the word substance or or to subsist yeah. from god well it's, and that's yeah. the thing our uh arius arius however you want to say his name he's the one that saint nick punched um okay or slapped you know it depends on the story but uh the point is he he was trying to say that jesus uh, was of like substance, not right. the same, of like substance, which meant that he was saying that Jesus is definitely divine, but he's mm -hmm. not God. Which is a call towards, uh, a, a slow burn towards pantheism. Yeah, so he was he was basically trying to say that uh, the Spirit was an extension of, of the Father, but that mm -hmm. Jesus was his own thing. And that's not the case. So, right, yeah. So yeah. obviously that's why the Council of Nicaea happened and the Nicene Creed was born. But it was mm -hmm. Constantine, the Roman emperor of the time, who actually was the one who called this, because he became a Christian in the middle of his his reign, and he called all of the, I guess, you know, at the time modern theologians and the church fathers, and he said, what do you guys think? Like, what what is the 
base level, what is God? What do we believe? What is this? Because they mm-hmm. had, they had at that point all the New Testament. Whether it was, it wasn't collected, but it was, it was written, mm-hmm. um, and the Old Testament obviously was. So they had all the prophecy. They had some of the gospels, and uh, the churches until they got distributed had the the uh, epistles and all that. Um, so anyway, by the Council of Nicaea, John is dead. Revelation was yep. written. Nero is gone. Jerusalem is destroyed. All of these things have already happened. And so you get 200 years removed from that. But really, it's only th- four generations away. Or not even four generations, just four de- four degrees away from John. Because mm-hmm. you get to Eusebius by the fifth degree. And Eusebius was known as the the father of the church as uh, the fourth uh, fourth century, so he's the one who really started all of that stuff. He was like born in two sixty something, um, yeah, and he's the one who helped convene the Council of Nicaea and helped put this together and sustain it. And yeah, it's it's important because obviously it came from the apostles in some degree. Yeah. Because it came from Paul and John teaching to those around them, and that continued, and it continued, and it continued. Because you have, we are able to track most of those people down to Justin the Martyr, and then that goes from him to the next two degrees, and I think Eusebius is the second of those two. Right. So I, I don't want to confuse anybody. The creed is not scripture. Right. So don't, don't get that confused, because... There is that, but at the same time, if you deny the divinity of Christ, or if you if you deny that the that God is triune in nature, I yep. don't believe that you have salvation. That's just my personal belief because it's been known since before Jesus that God was uh, communicating in these these persons. Uh, yep. Jesus had yet to be happened, but he was prophesied. We knew of the Messiah. Right. God had been physically present and the the feeling Theophany. of yeah, so the feeling of God had been experienced though the spirit had not descended. So we right. knew of these things well before, you know, well before Arius came and started saying, "Well, I think he's just another being." Like, "No, no, no, no. We've had this for years. Like, why are you trying to start crap now?" Right. So, and it was only Arius who started it and he started teaching that way. And just as Paul had warned about, don't follow me, don't follow Apollos, don't follow you know whoever else, people started following Arius and said, no, maybe he's right. Maybe Jesus was just another God. Mm-hmm. Or maybe he was God in another form. And then you start getting into uh, Arianism and modalism and a bunch right. of the other heresies. And it's just, it's not good. So right. the creed helps in sustaining and is supplemental to Scripture and I, I mean, technically, it's extra biblical, but yes, it's, I mean, but it's a good document to have for yes. wisdom. I mean, you, you look at it, and you go, oh, okay. So it's, it, think about it like this, people. Yeah. Like it's a every so often in, in vehicles that have compasses, you have to recalibrate the compass. And yep. so, like for me, like the Nicene Creed, just like yeah, this is good because it, 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 I don't recite it. I've never recited it once. That's the first time I've ever read it out loud. Mm-hmm. It, but that, so that's, but I didn't read the Nicene Creed six times a day when I was a kid. That's not what we're talking about. But just like it, it is a good thing to look at and go, ah, okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. This is what it means. Like it was man's attempt. I don't know how many people were actually there to reestablish 
uh, and unteach uh, heretical teachings and and to say, no, 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 God is actually this. So I just look at it as like a recentering thing. And mm-hmm. I'm out of the debate as far as it goes to like resetting it in church. Do I think it's weird? Yeah, I think it's weird. Why? Because I don't do it. And I wear tight jeans and I'm covered in tattoos. Well, I mean, that's so that's something we need to be careful about, though, because both sides of it. Tradition can't be the guiding factor. Right. So just because it's church, (laughs) just because something has always been done that way, that's, you know, that's the right. That's the dying words of a church. It's always been done this way. But then at the same time, these are things that were brought in, you know, like we're not talking about. Uh, instituting a pope. We're talking about uh, people who were closer chronologically to Jesus than I will ever be, closer to the apostles who were directly, you know, in contact with Jesus than I will ever be. And they thought that this document was necessary to combat what people were getting from that teaching, the teachings of that time. Mm -hmm. And obviously it's come back. So it's been yep. enough of a concern that it needs to be sustained. It so, is a tool that never broke, and it is still useful. Yes. This is not the spiritual 10 millimeter. Uh, well, it might be. Like, you lose the 10 millimeter all the time if you work on cars. For whatever reason, 10s yeah, and 15s disappear, but they always the come back around. Yep. They always come back around. So it, this is kind of like the spiritual 10 mil, in a way, I'll say. It's like, okay, we need it again, and we found it. And and so let's realign with this, this extremely well-written and well-thought-out document that has lasted through centuries again not scripture but came from people like you said who were way closer to jesus than we will ever be this side of heaven yeah the creeds of any kind are supplemental at best but they they are i think that (laughs) not that kind of creed (laughs) but it it benefits us to like you said refocus where we Mm. where we lose sight of certain things because scripture doesn't like smack you in the face necessarily with the Trinity, which is true to some degree, but at the same time, it's it's obvious that it's in there because it's talked about. It's not like it's missed. It's just not given that name. That's all. Um, but when modern heresy starts to come back, and the creed remains, and it still holds to biblical, you know, structure and values, and it hasn't strayed in any way. There's nothing wrong with it now. I, I don't see what the issue is, but we also can't just say because you know because these church fathers wrote it, it's perfect. Mm. We can't just say right. that. But you, what we can do is we can run this document through Scripture, and if it comes out on the other side clean and aligned with yep. it, then we could probably trust it, right? And I believe that, it has. That's the thing, right? And that's what I'm saying. I mean, that I think that's a good point to make is that like I don't think the document's necessarily yeah. the problem here, or or even why Zachariah brought up like uh, having a liturgy around it anyway in the first place. I I definitely think that there are, are certain churches that are able to do that, mm-hmm. and there are other churches that would never consider it in their entire lifetime, and yeah, that's I don't okay. Think I would ever consider it. Now, would I teach a class on it? Yes, all day. See, and that's that's the thing. Personally, I mean, I don't know how how it differs in Zechariah. Obviously, you guys are both very well read biblically, very studied, um, deep in your prayer life. And I would like to think I am too, um, but my desire in a church service is to be fed well through a church that is confessional, through a church that has solid doctrine, and uh, you know, on the primary and at least secondary issues, um, anything past that is preference. Uh, mm-hmm. But 
making sure that that's the case. And I told Zechariah this, and this is going to make a lot of people upset. It's fine. It's just what I, the way that I view it. The church service, I have a problem with seeker-sensitive, the, the movement seeker-sensitive. I believe church services are meant for encouraging the saints. It's the oh, gathering yeah. of the body. It's, that's it's what it says not for visitors. It's not for... Uh, I want new people to come who are being prodded by the Spirit. That's different because they're being called to Christ. But I, I, I don't want to just... I don't want to structure my service uh, for my congregation around the fact that there might be an atheist visiting. You know what I mean? Sure. So you're you're talking about you don't like the idea that obviously I don't like seeker sensitive things either. But like elevation worship, for instance, or elevation church. Yeah, the Vertic uh, is a brilliant, you... brilliant pastor who came out of the Southern Baptist Seminary. I mean, brilliant theologically, but he's dumbed it all down because he considers his church a level one church. So it's like, I, I, I don't see, he's like, well, if you want deep theological discussions, this church isn't for you. It's for the yeah. new baby Christians, right? I don't, I well, don't think that's, well, that's not good, I don't think. Yeah, I remember seeing that video specifically where he said that if, if you are already a believer, then this isn't your church or something stupid like that. Mm-hmm. But, I mean, I get, I kind of get, I guess, what he was trying to say. He just said it really yeah, dumb. Yeah, I mean... Like if you if you want a super deep church, find a super deep church. That's great. Go do that. Find the church that chants the right chants for you. You know, Matt Chandler. Go to his church. <laughs> you are not David, anyway. Um, <laughs> the scriptures are not about you. You want to go even deeper? Go to Paul Washer's church. Well, You'll walk out feeling like you're not even saved. So, uh, uh, geez, Stephen Furtick actually went to SBC at the same time as one of my friends. And, uh, yeah, the dude is smart. The problem is he's done very dumb things and said a lot of very heretical things at, lately. Yeah. The uh, you, you can at least do what Bill Johnson does is come back and say, hey, this was actually a misunderstanding, or, hey, I actually have to correct what I said here. Like, and Stephen hasn't done that. No. At all. Yeah, I mean, he said, I, I'm not uh, something, I'm not in covenant. I am God, yeah. What? Yeah. I can't hear his vo- What happened to your mic, homie? What? Did you turn it off? Oh, shoot. I turned my mic off. Oh, yeah. shoot. Oops. Oh, no. Yeah. Yeah. Stephen Furtick declaring himself God Almighty. That was... Yeah, uh, that was probably a dumb thing to say. I, w- I would say it's more than a dumb thing to say. And yeah. the fact that he hasn't made any public statement denouncing yeah. that, you know. But that's yeah. that's the thing. So talking about churches and, you know, what what the preference is, if you want to have a recovery church, which uh, we have one of those here where the band is uh, local to, uh, and it's it was, or at least one point, uh, dedicated towards like helping recovering addicts, and it had like a connected home and all that for yeah. for the guys uh, to help get them back on their feet and all that. Like, great, that church is very missional in that one, like, very specific thing. Um, but I would never go there if I wanted to understand the complexity of the book of, I don't know, second Peter, I don't, you know, like where you try right. to like deep dive. Well, sure. they're not there to deep dive. They're there to recover and come to Christ pretty much initially and be raised up on the milk of what they're, they're yeah, raised up and sent back out, making disciples of all nations. Yep. So there's a that's way not that a bad we can thing. do that. Yeah. Right? That, and all churches can do that. The problem mm-hmm. is we've, 
and I guess we've rightly assumed it, we've rightly assumed that the majority of the modern evangelical church is not uh, mentally capable of grasping some of the deeper concepts. So we just say, well, we'll just talk grace all the time. Like, no, 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 right. no, come on. Now we gotta, yep. Now we got to fix everything else. Like you... You plugged one thing and then you blew out the wall with the water yep. backup. Like that's my old help church anybody. was like that. Yeah, they were like, if I because I wanted to do some uh, preaching there and early on in ministry, and uh, they they would make you do mock sermons and they would red pen. The pastor's wife would red pen out all of the things that talked about sin, and instead <laughs> instead she's like, you can't use the you the words you guys or you too much because it's too condemning. So literally. Out of a shoot, fifty something sermons I heard from the pastor there, every single one of them was talking about, well, because of grace, you don't have to do anything anymore. It's all yes. good. You know, it's it's just, it's a it, it's better now, blah, blah, blah. But there was never really any talk about sin. Ever. Well, I mean ever. Maybe Joyce Myers is right, and when we're Christians, we stop sinning. So we don't well, need to talk about sin. Geez, that's rough. Why are some of these people that used to be really good? Fallen off the bandwagon. Is it because of the money? You know what I mean? Is, is that what it is? Because Joyce used to kill it back in the day. It's I mean, easier yeah. for a camel to go through the eye of a needle than for a rich person to enter the kingdom of heaven. So I was hoping you, get... you were going to screw that up. It's like easier to go under than it is for me to go to the store and get a pack of marbles. <laughs> <laughs> no. So, I mean, it could be, you know, they, their preaching inherited them a ton of wealth. and Could be. Could be. You know? And you, you know what? The more the more you money you get from telling people what they want to hear, the more you want to tell people the more you're what gonna they want to hear. Right. And I mean, what yeah. did Jesus say? He said a prophet isn't welcome in his own town. You know yep. what I mean? It's just like it, and in biblical teaching is extremely unpopular. Mm-hmm. Extremely. Do I love the atmosphere of elevation worship? Yes, all day. Please, can my worship band be that good? Be that connected? be that, that good at proficient at their instruments because we have a mandate from scripture that says play skillfully before the Lord. So like when I audition people to be on the worship team, can you sing? Well, no, but I want to. Okay, well, go learn how to sing and then come back and we'll try you out on the worship team. Yeah. You know what I mean? So it's like, I think we can do stuff like that, but man, there is a way to preach biblically sound doctrine, having that, um, in whatever appearance that you want it to look like. If you want to be at a Lutheran church, where or, I don't know if you guys wear the uh, vestments, or is that what they're called? The certain holiday robes or whatever? Um, I don't know if you only guys do for that. the traditional, and it's only the pastors. Or... Yeah, right, right. So, so if you want to do that, do I think that's stupid? Yeah. Do I make fun of it? Sure. But some people <laughs> like it, and that's their thing. Mm-hmm. Why do I think it's stupid? Because I think pants are cooler than robes. But like... <laughs> But there's no sin in that, and I'm sure you guys absolutely slap when it comes to theology. Obviously, you're a product of that denomination, so wonderful, great. You love Jesus, that's the point. So how can we tie that back into the Nicene Creed being okay while acknowledging the fact that it may not be everybody's cup of tea to stand and recite? It's still a document worth referencing. Exactly. I I agree. disagree. Right, sure. Wow. Yeah. I'm so not gonna wow, all right, Zachary. Courageous got one. of you. Oh yeah. Well I'm still not, I'm not saying that we should all be standing up reciting it. I'm just saying it's not a bad thing to learn. Is it actually right. I want everybody to stand up and say hail Satan? Yeah. Please. That let's let's do that. 
and in two seconds, we entirely undid everything that we just said. <laughs> Dude. So, okay, guys. All, all those listening. metal bands really are like that. We're, yeah, they, we're just jokesters. We do love Jesus. You know what I mean? Do you want to know what I think is also really stupid that, that like makes me feel the way that I think you feel, Zachariah, about standing and reciting the creed? Is Calvinism. when I see churches that collectively go, that collectively go, the devil's a punk, and then the whole congregation goes, and he can go to hell. Like, oh, I think that's really silly too. Uh, that yeah. is dumb. That's like, what? That's like Striper's that names for albums. It's dumb. Yeah, don't you malign Striper too much though. Uh, I love that 1986 record, man. Grew up on it. Their sound, it. their sound is fine if they would just pick uh, better names that I aren't like. Go with that, but okay. The shock. No, okay, I'm not gonna get on it. It doesn't yeah. matter. No, I know which one you're talking. I know the name you're talking about. Yeah. So it's whatever. Yeah, but yeah. no, I'm not. I'm. I will never, even as a, uh, uh, how do I declare myself? Because you say I'm not. I'm not a, a Luther. <laughs> <laughs> That's what I thought you were gonna say. Yeah, we knew that. Where are you going with this? <laughs> I'm straight, guys. Just so you know. <laughs> just so um, you know, Hunter. No, just no, just the, say uh, it, knowing that you're predestined to say it exactly yeah, how you will. <laughs> A Calvinistic Lutheran, uh, um, but uh, no. My my point is, I will never like if I were to lead a group of people, or you know, find a selection, or even just one person that was to come to me and say, like, "Well, what should I believe if I'm a Christian?" Like, yes, I'll point hmm. them to the creed, but I'm not going to then follow that up with, "All right, now say it after me." I do right. teach it to my kids, though. I will say that you should. Both of my. Uh, Actually, sorry, both of my, all three of my kids who are able to speak now, even my my youngest who just turned, well, young, second youngest who just turned four, she knows the creeds. That's uh, awesome. Uh, the first two, anyway. The Athanasian Creed is one that I don't even have memorized because that thing is just like six pages long. But she knows it and she can recite it with minimal prompting, which is fantastic. And that's not because I believe that that creed will save her in any way. It's because I know that if I raise my child up right in the ways of the truth of Scripture mm -hmm. and I continue to uh, remind her of what that means and who God is, she will desire, um, by the gift of the Spirit, desire to come to know Him more, and Scripture will be uh, something that she wants to you know, truly partake in. And she'll come to me with questions knowing that I've desired to show her that early in yeah. her life. Yeah, so, that's awesome. I, I mean, I agree with that, dude. I agree with that. But it's nef definitely not to make her a mindless Christian zombie. Cause right, it's not a brainwashing have, tactic. I mean, that was one of your biggest, uh, not concerns, but you know, one of the biggest jokes about the, the Calvinistic or the Reformed side, mm -hmm. because we're a bunch of walking walking books who have no feelings. That's kind of the, the yeah, general. Really. Yeah, everyone's a Spock. Yeah, so the, everybody just wants to recite Scripture or recite you know, what R.C. Sproul or Charles Spurgeon had to say about something. It's Which, just what I they want. Sproul yeah. and Spurgeon. So, so I, I mean, they're that. fantastic. I'm not, you know, nothing against them. It's just more of like we have the knowledge and we want to browbeat people with knowledge. But that's not that's not what I'm desiring to do, especially not with my children. You know, it's it's mm -hmm. beneficial, but I don't do it for the sake of just totally beating them into Christianity. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. But you're also comfortable with the tradition at your own church of of reciting it, and and that's okay. Yeah, um, I'm not gonna. Yeah. If Zachariah ever has a kid, or if you got you and your wife ever have a kid, I'm not gonna meet them and be like, "All right, well, Hunter's gonna teach you the creed now." 
Mary, a little jerk. Uncle yeah. Hunter's here. It's <laughs> <laughs> just choking my kids out. So who's God's a father? I've seen the Man. way Hunter treats his kids. He's not coming anywhere near any of my kids if I ever have any. <laughs> Please pray that Rachel and I never have children. You guys, you guys have enough children for the rest of us Christians. It's fine. <laughs> not gonna learn the creed. Time to go to sleep, brother. <laughs> brother. <laughs> 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 All right, Hulk, get in here. I need you. <laughs> so I think uh, that encompasses everything I think about the creed. Yeah, I think so, too. I just kind of wanted to have a general conversation on it, and I'm glad that there was a little bit of opposition there that we could talk about and get an hour out of this. I just think it's not to say that it was bad that there was opposition. I think it's a good thing to, to bring up because you're not opposed to the creed itself. You're just opposed to maybe somehow uh, some of the ways that it's used or applied. Yeah. Which I think is which is totally fine. See, I was hoping we'd get into the Apostles' Creed because then we could really get into a discussion. <laughs> That's definitely Maybe another next time. time. Yeah, so a time time that we actually have an hour and a half to two hours. Yeah, oh, exactly. by the way, I don't think it was ever mentioned. If anyone hasn't isn't a regular listener listening to this, this is Keebler from uh, Chaos hey. Survive. Yeah, <laughs> only yeah, thirty five minutes into the podcast. Yeah, exactly. Well, I don't think you know, that was actually said. <laughs> no, yeah, we didn't introduce or anything. I'm Hunter. We I'm didn't. usually here. Yeah. Uh, yeah, for and better. The or for other, worse. the other peon is Zachariah, the vocalist of the world's worst dad rock band. Yeah, <laughs> I actually updated my uh, Facebook profile today because actually I never had anything in my bio, and then I was like, I should put something in my bio. Average metalcore vocalist for an average <laughs> metalcore <laughs> band. <laughs> Bro, I just coined a new term. You guys are not. You guys are not metalcore. You're not Christcore. You're Calvincore. Oh, oh no, 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 no. <laughs> We were not predestined to be Calvin Core. But for real though, like everybody who's listening, it is kind of turned out that like they asked me to come on one time and uh, and then I came back and then I came back and then I came back and now here I am again. So I'm just going to be doing bonus episodes with these turds uh, talking about anything and everything. Um, so yeah, yeah the topic so if you're is wondering everything. why I'm here again, I do not get paid. I'm actually a slave in Hunter's basement. <laughs> Um, kept in the dark, chained the wall. Cut his mic. Cut his mic. Yeah, I'm gonna edit, edit that out. I'm a slave in hunters, and just like. <laughs> <laughs> no, I do really think it's funny that of though. anybody. I do think it's funny that if Hunter was gonna pick anybody to be like a reoccurring guest, that he would pick someone that like, as far as um, not theologically, but. The ne- on the, the spectrum scale, of denominations, yeah. he would pick someone who's on like the far other end of the scale. <laughs> Possibly, I don't know. Yeah. It's very weird. Keebler and I agree in so many spots that make no sense. So yeah. I, I don't even. Well, I think, I think it's, it's the same thing. Like... Same reason why I always say that you and I agree is because anyone that is well read in scripture and actually is. Reading to learn rather than leading, to, reading to reaffirm their preconceived ideas, mm-hmm. will come to most of the same conclusions. Yeah, yeah, I think so. I, I, but definitely. I mean, it, it's actually kind of fun having. I would rather be on a podcast with with somebody who believes a little bit differently of how God operates, but believing the same things of what God states that He is and is not and who Christ is and what Christ did. Like if we can agree on those very, very important must haves, then like we have all we have in front of us is a good friendship and a lot of conversations. 
Like there, there's no reason to be angry. Now, if you turn into a modalist or you started saying that Jesus was not God incarnate, we might have a bigger issue, but I don't think either of you are going to do that. Now that would be a fun episode. You see, the Trinity is like water. <laughs> <laughs> Can you finish That's, the sentence? <laughs> water, vapor, ice. Chocolate covered starfish with a hot dog flavored water. What's the uh, what's the uh, Lutheran satire is a a YouTube page that uh, has a video of that where it's it's two Irish peasants talking oh, to no. Saint Patrick and Saint Patrick apparently brought you know Christianity to a bunch of the the poor people of Ireland or whatever mm-hmm. and uh, so he they're like no, we need you to explain the Trinity to us like we're idiots. And he's like, oh, all right. Well, and he starts, and he's like, well, water is like, or uh, the Trinity is like water. And they're like, that's modalism. And he's like, wait, oh, uh, okay. Well, uh, it's uh, it's like this. And then they say another big scientific word, and he's just like, oh, what the heck? And he just keeps going. <laughs> and finally they get back, and they're like, nope, that's modalism again. And it just keeps, yeah. So St. Patrick can't define the Trinity, apparently. According to Lutheran satire, which is funny, but all Lutherans also don't know what a pair of Levi five hundred ones are. They got to wear them weird robes. <laughs> I don't even Dude. know what five hundred ones are. <laughs> That's what I've, I see. Case in point, bro. He's a Lutheran. <laughs> you know your scripture, but your fashion is a solid F. I he's I'm literally wearing, here wearing a matching yeah. sweatshirt and sweatpants. Yeah, he's, like he's like that guy. <laughs> monk's garbs underneath the sweater. <laughs> he's like Superman. If Superman ripped open his shirt and revealed a bunch of robes, actually, I'm, I'm wearing. Lutheran. I'm not monastic. I, I'm wearing my uh, General Kenobi uh, Halloween <laughs> costume underneath this. <laughs> Plot twist: It's just Baby Yoda underwear. That's all he's wearing. <laughs> <laughs> it <laughs> so you know something funny after um we were so we were talking earlier this week about spiritual gifts okay right yeah. and hunter brought up the first the first conversation we had with you the first episode yeah. and he was like you know i went into it and he was talking about spiritual gifts and he's like i thought like we were just gonna disagree and get into you know a, a discussion about that but in the end i just ended up more agreeing with him <laughs> Yeah, thanks. Well, I think I think like the way people have really talked about like spiritual gifts or or seeing them as a badge or something to be to be um, purchased um, or, or or whatever. Like Scripture is clear about spiritual gifts. And, and the other thing that I see, which is a big, big, big de- defining line between like say somebody who's a Calvinist and somebody who's a continuationist or an Armenian or a cessationist versus whatever, is the language barrier. Like I will openly say, hey, like. Um, it, scripture says to eagerly desire prophecy. Uh, most Calvinists don't like to hear the word like, oh, uh, that's prophecy, but they will be fine with the term that said God led us to this. <laughs> it's the same thing. Yeah. So literally, we're just, it's just semantics. I mean, God's still going to speak to you in whatever way that you want. It's a language barrier. So like, just like, um, and I'm not going to talk about it on air, but like God spoke to me about somebody's favorite person ever. And I was right. So it's like it happens. It's cool. It's okay. What what was the term you used? Is it skeptical continuous? What's the word? What I am is I'm a ca- I'm a Caution. cautious continuationist. Cautious continuation. Okay. Because there yeah. because J- Jesus said there'll be many false prophets, which warrants yeah. the existence of real ones. Um, it, 
what does uh, Uncle Wally say, as Kaltish likes to say, um, that the the uh, I can't I can't even I can't even think about it right now. But something about there being predicated in the authenticity of original or something or other. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, but yeah, I think it's really interesting the dynamic that we've kind of built here is like with these types of conversations because I also want to talk to people like you, Hunter, because I can learn a lot from you. Just because I don't agree with the way that you see salvation doesn't mean that you don't have a wealth of knowledge. And I think people need to sit and humble themselves before people that they can glean from. Well, and and equally on my side, I need to be submitting to God as much as possible in my mm -hmm. expression of knowledge in -hmm. a way that best glorifies him. So that way I'm not sustaining my own image or otherwise, and that I'm I'm trying to elevate Christ and Christ alone. Right, exactly. So it's it's an attempt to get out of echo chambers that we've been inherently taught how to build just by way of the culture that we live in. Like, Mm -hmm. I, I really don't agree with most of what the Catholics teach, but some of the things that they do are absolutely beautiful. Like, I love the incense thing. I make fun of it all the time, but it's something so sweet when I smell frankincense in a Catholic church. It's just beautiful to me. It's a, a euphoric relationship that mm-hmm. I just love the sight and sound, right? There's, there's beautiful things that they can do. And I want to go down back to this church down here in Marine City, just south of me, this, this uh, Catholic church who's the coolest priest I had ever met. I want to go talk with him just to pick his brain because he just seems brilliant. But he did the standard Catholic liturgy when I was there. I visited just to experience the singing because it's beautiful and there's a natural six-second reverb in there um, <laughs> with how high the ceilings are. I mean, it's a massive church. And he, after a- end of every liturgy, they do the rosary, right? And he would stop. And really quietly, he would say, and Jesus, we love you. Amen. Mm-hmm. I mean, he, I can tell he loves Jesus. Like just the switch in his heart. It's like, man, we have to be willing to put aside our theological differences so long as they're not heretical. Yep. Just sit down and say, hey, what can you, what can I learn from you? Is there any wisdom advice that I can glean? Like, I just want to learn. And, and I think that's why these relationships can work. Definitely. And that's, Simply. I think that's the the main thing we're trying to get with yep. the creed and with this conversation is there are primary issues. The yep. uh, divinity of Christ, the uh, uh, security of the Trinity in, in what it means and, and who God is. There are things that we cannot deny, like the death, uh, birth, death, and resurrection right. and ascension of Christ. Un- undeniable. If you deny it, you're out of the fold. But there are secondary issues, and then following that, tertiary and continue. Like, it's there are other issues, and as it goes away from primary, it becomes less important. So, yeah, though I I guess I consider myself, based off of, you know, stealing your term, the uh, cautious continuationist, because I don't care how God operates. or Not that I don't care, but rather it doesn't affect me until he chooses to affect me with it. So. Right. I can yep. desire prophecy, but if God never gives it to me, that's fine. Um, yep. And I But I should not be uh, combative or aggressive towards others if God decides to give them prophecy. I shouldn't be skeptical if, you know, like the night that Keebler, um, I don't know, I don't remember if it was on the episode or not, but immediately following our very first following. episode with him, he prayed with us, and I think that was the first time that we started praying with our, our guests or, you know, the people that we bring on to talk with. And... Uh, he said something about uh, he hopes my wife gets better sleep. Had no There's... freaking clue that my wife had been struggling with insomnia like the last few days previous to mm-hmm. that. So mm-hmm. I'm not going to be pissed at him because he 
he got it right. And like, how dare you, you know, pray for my wife and be right about something right. that she's struggling with. It's right. it's one of those things where you gotta gotta be like, okay, now if he does it again, but he's wrong, now we're shooting, you know, it's we're batting five hundred. We gotta be careful now. But if he right. starts to go, you know, seven fifty, nine hundred, nine fifty, I'm like, okay. And right. he's repenting of the times that he's not correct. Exactly. I'm I'm like, well, what who am I to tell God, no, you can't operate hey, through this that, means. God. Yeah. You know? Yeah. So that's just my thought. So yeah. we can and disagree on many of those things. Right. And, and I took a stab at that too. Like when we were praying, like I had a moment because I actually started to see before I heard. That's how I knew. Like I was just praying and I was thinking, okay, what's the next thing I can pray for? And then I just saw a, a young woman struggling to sleep laying on the right side of a bed. And I knew it was your wife. Just, I just knew. Okay, let's throw it out there. If I'm right, I'm right. If I'm not, then I'm going to repent. But I just knew it was the Lord. And, and I love it when those things happen. And now I have a story to say, haha, gotcha, cessationist. But <laughs> at the same time, like, it was just beautiful. Dude, I cried about that for days, not going to lie. I, like, woke up the next morning. I rolled over my wife. I'm like, babe, wake up. And I just was telling her about it. I was like, this was so awesome. This was just beautiful. Just simply because, not because I won an argument, not because I wanted to win an argument, but because that somebody's life was touched and, and, and just God needs to be glorified and magnified through all things that we do. And it was yeah. just beautiful that I was able to be a part of that. And I pray that that happens again with anyone um, in the, in yeah. your guys's circle. And I pray it happens with you too. So stay, uh, stay connected and, uh, unified in the primary issues secondary continue to wrestle that out with not only god but through the scriptures and each other and then as it continues on through the line of less importance you know do what you will but the scripture also says don't get into you know quarrelsome arguments over nothing so Mm -hmm. you know that is what it is all right songs up next god bless You can help support us by heading over to anchor.fm forward slash TWIE pod and clicking on the donate button where you can select one of a few monthly donation rates of $1, $5, or $10. All money helps keep this podcast up and running, as well as supports lesser known Christian artists. Thank you for listening and God bless.
Ubisoft, God.